0: Supporting Scotland all the way.
1: Our performance against England brought a lot of smiles to the faces of the country.
0: After 23 years, we can do this. Few of us spoke about it after the game. We're not ready to go home yet. yet, yet, yet. We believe... This is the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, Davey Provin, and Stephen Cragen. We wanna extend it, we wanna go on, we wanna go a little bit deeper into the tournament. Yeah! Go Scotland. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we we'll move on to the next one. Thanks Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more visit opc-ltd.uk Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.
2: I don't like Mondays, especially uh, when they start with finding out that Billy Gilmore had tested positive for Covid and he misses the big game at Hampden tomorrow night. At least no other uh, Scotland players are in isolation as a result and David Proven let's look on the bright side Billy could be back in time for the quarterfinals couldn't he?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a real blow isn't it and it's, it's uh, horrible timing given, given how well he played at Wembley on Friday evening thankfully we're, we're well served in, in midfield uh, and Steve Clark will be able to shuffle the pack pretty successfully I think.
2: So, Monday morning wasn't great then uh, with that news about Gilmore. But what about Friday night? The big build up at the Radisson Red and the main event at Wembley. And England did well, Craigs, to hold us to a draw, mm-hmm. didn't they? Listen, they did. Uh,
4: it's always one of those ones. There was so much expectation last week against the Czech Republic <coughs> and Scotland couldn't deliver the goods. There probably wasn't as much expectation on Friday night and I thought they were outstanding. I mean, I said the other night that I would. You know, a 1-1 draw I went for I think that was me being slightly ambitious that's what I felt like at the time after watching the game against the Czech Republic but when the game started Lyndon Dyke smashed into Luke Shaw after six seconds I thought they really fancy this tonight and I just thought the energy and the appetite for the game it was a joy to watch at times
2: We're going to Pick Stevie Clark's team for him uh, over the next couple of hours. Might well have been the same again had uh, Billy Gilmore been available. He's not, of course. We'll have to get on with that and uh, go about replacing him in that lineup. But uh, tomorrow night, eight o'clock kickoff. Hamden, Scotland against uh, Croatia. And Scotland love to do what they haven't done so far in the tournament, score a goal, at least one. And maybe one won't be enough because we're going to pour over the other groups. We're going to get some of the best brains in the building involved. That could be a bit of a struggle (laughs) to try to uh, work out what exactly Scotland are going to have to do to qualify. It might not just be about beating Croatia um, tomorrow night. And of course, it's a... It's a moving feast, isn't it? In that uh, all these groups are changing. Uh, We're watching uh, Ukraine against Austria at the moment. That's a match that might have implications. Um, It will be a lot clearer, I guess, Crags, by the time uh, Scotland play tomorrow night.
4: Yeah, because we'll know an awful lot more about this group with Ukraine and Austria. And I think tonight, Belgium and Finland. Uh, Who else is playing? Denmark. Uh, Have a game here, Denmark, playing against? Denmark are playing Russia. They're playing Russia. So after these two groups tonight it'll be clearer for Scotland but ultimately you can talk about the permutations you can talk about this group and that group Scotland have to win the game yeah. they have to score a goal the only nation left in the competition David who haven't scored but they still got a chance of qualifying I think Turkey with the other side they scored last night so Scotland have to score they have to put a level of performance in that will be equal or was equal to England on Friday night if not then Croatia could beat them or they won't win the game and it's over irrespective of what happens in other groups
2: 0808 oh, oh, 17 17 700 if you want to join the, the football chat we are not surprisingly talking scotland uh, with just 27 hours to go to scotland against croatia tomorrow night rob McLean, davy proven and stephen craigan in the studio and we've got gordon from tartan scarf on the line hi gordon hi rob how you doing guys yeah well thanks hi, Gordon. how did you enjoy friday
5: Oh, fantastic! I mean, I mean, I think it was best summed up by the piece on STV before the game with James McAvoy, where he said that it was going to be a 90-minute ordeal. It wasn't a game I can say I enjoyed, but the relief at the end was unbelievable.
2: Has there ever been anything else with Scotland other than
5: a 90-minute ordeal? <laughs> I, th- I think this was a new special level, to be honest. Um, but I've got to say, it was a phenomenal performance. You know, and I think there's been a lot of revisionism going on, especially down south, that this was some backs to the wall performance that we got lucky to celebrate a nil-nil draw. This was a very, this was a, a, a game plan that was very well executed and perfectly delivered by technically excellent players. And frankly, we could have won it. And if we could have won it, I don't think we could have had any any uh, concerns about that.
2: And it was a bold Davy team selection from Stevie Clark in that Billy Gilmore was yeah. on from the start.
3: Well, you, you can look at it two ways, Rob. You can either give credit to Steve Clark for his team selection or you can wonder why he was so cautious mm. against the Czech Republic, which could still turn out to be you know, costly for us. But fair play to Steve Clark. He took the handbrake off, played two up front. Scotland went for it, got after England and uh, thoroughly deserved the point.
2: And Stephen O'Donnell certainly Gordon had an answer uh, for his critics, didn't he?
5: He did absolutely. You know, I I think he was he was unfairly scapegoated on Monday. I think the fact that Kieran Tierney was missing out the back three, I think the fact that McTominay wasn't in the back three, meant that a lot of our build up play came down his side against the Czech public. It didn't quite suit his game. The fact that they were back in the team against England suited him a lot better and. Yeah, to, to know that you know you saw in his post-match interview he knew exactly what the fans were saying about whether he should or shouldn't be in the lineup. So to go there to go to Wembley to play players of that ability and deliver that performance, just unbelievable strength of character from the man.
2: And Jack Grealish's calves are certainly getting a, a lot of uh, attention <laughs> here. Stephen O'Donnell. I was just
5: getting a bit fed up at that
4: stage of the game. He was start He just came on. He was nice and fresh and and uh, normally when the, the fresh wingers come on that's you're a bit tired so I'm, I just need to hit him here because I'm getting fed up with him trying to take the mic out of me. Um, so gave him a wee hit um, thankfully John, and, uh, John McGinn had been giving me some tips. He said if he comes on you need to be getting nibbling in his ear but don't be critical, be complimentary. So, so the full time he was on I was telling him how good looking he was and, and I loved his calves. <laughs> and asking him how he got his hair to look like that. So uh, if you say, if you tell him he's a, a, I don't know what's appropriate here, but if you tell him he's hopeless or kick him really, really hard, he gets up and gets it back at you. So so maybe, maybe that was the advantage against uh, Jack Grealish uh, the other night.
2: Well, whatever he said to him, it seemed to work, uh, Gordon. But it was some performance, wasn't it, from O'Donnell? And he was pretty unlucky not to score his, his first Scotland goal.
5: Yeah, I mean, that, that would have been the absolute, perfect redemption story wouldn't it go from being the scapegoat on Monday to being the absolute hero on Friday with the goal but even without the goal his performance was phenomenal I said actually after the game that it was 11 men of the match you couldn't pick one but I think I think Stephen O'Donnell deserves special praise from Friday for sure
2: Yeah and I think uh, when the media uh, immediately asked Stevie Clark on the back of the game Davey about, about uh, Billy Gilmore he took great pains yeah. uh, to put the name of Stephen O'Donnell in first it, it was it was terrific strength of character, wasn't it, from O'Donnell, who was who took a lot of slating, didn't he, on the back of the yeah, Czech Republic it, it, game?
3: he was on a hiding to nothing. He, I thought, he had a poor game against the Czech Republic, um, and Wembley was maybe his last chance to hold that position down, if you think about it. Mm. And he he did answer his critics, and I have been a critic, uh, and I've, I've got to hold my hands up and say he had a fabulous game, and not just the the volley that brought out the great say, from Jordan Pickford, but before that. Mm. He picked out Shea Adams magnificently as a cutback to make another clean chance. Uh, Defensively, he was as solid as a rock. And that performance might, given the the profile of that game, might just have gotten a good move down to England. I think there is a release clause in his his contract. And if his agent is uh, worth his salt, he should be making a few phone calls right now.
2: Yeah, because uh, a year ago, he he was in these studios uh, Mm -hmm. in one of our first shows talking about uh, a move to the English Championship. That, that was the way he saw his career developing. And, and maybe uh, with a stop off at Motherwell Crags, that's what's going to happen.
4: Well, it'll be interesting to see. You know, that release clause, if someone comes and meets it, if someone comes and thinks that Stephen O'Donnell is worth the money that, that we'll get to get him out, then absolutely. Um, but we all know how football works. If you don't play well, you come in for criticism. You know, some people say it was over the top, possibly was. Uh, I think.
3: But even that, more for the national side, Crags, you, and yeah. you will know you know having played so many times for your country you stick the stick you get yeah. playing for your country is different from playing for your club you know the the, support the club of, he plays for not in a bad way but he
4: plays at motherwell and he come yeah. on and it's kind of under the radar a little yeah. bit so that's his that puts him in the spotlight Davy. but also the point is he had a rangers and celtic player that he was keeping out nathan Patterson and james forrest yeah. potentially in that area of the pitch mm-hmm. So suddenly people are thinking, well, he didn't play well. You know, we have to get one of them in. There's maybe a bit more noise comes from the mm-hmm. old firm side because of the bigger support, of more, you know, strength in numbers. And they were kind of pushing for that to happen. So, you know, for Steve Clark to go and stand by him, you know, it was up to Steve, uh, started Stephen O'Donnell, to go and deliver a performance. But ultimately we know in international football, at the top end, if you don't play well in the next game, the same people may be coming for you again. That, that's just the nature of the beast. You have to try and maintain that level. I mean, he said after the game that the team didn't play well against the Czech Republic. He could have done better. Others could have done better. But I think, first and foremost, you look at yourself. You don't take any comfort that the team didn't play well and someone else didn't play well. You have to look after yourself and think, why did I not play well? Why did it go wrong? You know, I just thought he looked a bit nervous against the Czech Republic.
2: He did. He got off to a bad start it, as well. He did. Yeah.
4: And it looked like he couldn't recover from it. Yeah. But I think he was certainly helping. Davey you talk about that pass, uh, that crossing to Shea Adams? I think it certainly helped him having two strikers where he could play forward more. Sometimes against the Czech Republic, he lifted his head, and he had Lyndon Dykes in a diagonal, and that was it. Ryan Christie mm-hmm. was fa- trying to find space in a compacted midfield. He had no option. He had to turn out and go back to his goalkeeper. And when you do that two or three times, people get annoyed and frustrated, and you know become a bit restless. So I think he could sense that from the stadium. Whereas against England, it was just a completely different start to the game. He had a good start to it, and he went and grew into it. Now, I still think the debate will come tomorrow night. Does he play or or, or do you play an attacking player? Gordon, that's probably a question for you, Gordon. First of all, do you play Stephen O'Donnell tomorrow night or do you play a James Forrester or a Ryan Christie in an attacking sense because you have to win the game?
5: So I, I would 100% play Stephen O'Donnell tomorrow night. I, th- I think you make as few changes to the team as possible. And I know obviously with Billy Gilmore's absence now, there is a place to fill in midfield. I think people will maybe want to see Scott McTominay step forward. I actually think Scott McTominay delivers his best football for Scotland at the right side of that back three, so I'd be, I'd be, <coughs> I would be uh, keeping him there. <coughs> you okay? Sorry, you take a breath. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I, I think, I think you make you, you make as few changes as possible. And frankly, I think. Stephen O'Donnell has been very good going forward for Scotland and I think if you've got Shea Adams and Lyndon Dykes up front, the most important thing is you've got John McGinn playing just right in behind him because that's that's where he plays his best football for Scotland, so I don't want to see McGinn dropping deeper either I think we've got enough attacking talent on the pitch, you know, in Group D no team has taken more shots on target than Scotland have, we haven't scored yet, but we've had the chances, so I think we're so so close to getting these goals and converting them, so there's no need for revolution here, it's just, it's stick to the plan So Gordon
2: if you're keeping Scott McTominay on the right side of the back three who are you playing alongside Callum McGregor?
5: For me I, I would probably be tempted to put John Fleck because again I, I know there will there will be a lot of people that would want to see maybe Stuart Armstrong or David Turnbull play in that position but I just think that you almost need to be defensively responsible because as much as we need to win we we probably won't need to win by two or three goals so and if we concede if we try and push too far forward and we concede we are in trouble so I think you almost want your two responsible sitters McGregor and Fleck and that lets, that lets begin play higher if you've got Tierney and McTominay at the back their passing out of defence is one of our best attacking options as well and then you've got Adams and Dykes to play off each other up front that's plenty of attack in that team so I think you want to have a more defensive minded player in that centre midfield
2: How big a blow Gordon is, is the loss of Billy Gilmore having started only once for Scotland?
5: I mean, I think it's big. I mean, you know, this is a guy who he he has not found a level in football that he can't excel at. I mean, he's he's won the man of the match on every debut he's had in every competition. So Billy Gilmore is a phenomenally special talent. And I think you saw on Friday, he could potentially play for Scotland for the next 10 or 15 years and get as many caps as he wants, as Andy Robertson said post-match. But I think the loss of Gilmore, as much as it is important, I think the loss of Tierney against the Czech public was more important in terms of the way we play and the way we attack. So... It's it's a challenge, but it's very much one we can overcome, and we do have a lot of midfielders in that position.
2: There will be, um, I guess, a school of thought that says pull back John McGinn, play him a little bit deeper alongside Callum McGregor, and maybe place Stuart Armstrong in front of of those two as a midfield. Davey what I mean, I, I know you you I know you would probably want McTominay to yeah. to push into the midfield. Yes,
3: I, I would play McTominay in his club position, and it would allow Stevie Clark to. He could bring in Declan Gallagher and move Grant Hanley to the right of the three, or he could bring in Jack Henry and keep Hanley, you know, in the, in the middle of the, the three centre backs. He, he's got plenty of options there as well. He's strong in midfield. He's strong in terms of, of central defenders as well. So one or two options. If it were down to me, McTominay would start in his club position midfield. Craig's? I just liked. I mean, just back in Gordon, I quite liked the fact that Scott McTominay and
4: Kieran Tierney could step into the game. Having looked at. Croatia, they will sit deep. I think they'll sit off the game. So the onus will be on the centre halves as it was against the Czech Republic to try and start the play, to try and be the playmakers. And the three that started against, the two outside centre halves that started against Czech Republic, Liam Cooper and and Jack Henry, it didn't really work for them. They just kept passing the ball to each other. Whereas I think McTominay in that position would be quite comfortable to step in and make a pass and break lines. Tierney's quite happy to play and overlap. So I think that might be in Steve Clark's thinking again. You know, we we've said the last two weeks what we would do and what we think Steve will do, and and mm. we're probably caught in between again. Mm-hmm. So, again on Gordon's point, make minimal change. Maybe just make like for like, or make one midfield player as opposed to having to move a defender in and and, and move another midfield player round about. So, Steve won't complicate it. I think we've noticed that over Steve's you know career at Camarnic. Certainly looking at him closely at Camarnic in Scotland, he doesn't complicate the game. He won't complicate it for the players. If he just has to make one change, he will. And the reason why I was asking about James Forrest potentially instead of Stephen O'Donnell because it's it's knockout football, you have to win. You can't wait until you go a goal behind and then say, well, we'll put all our attacking players on. You know, I, I, and that's what he will probably be wrestling with in his head also. Where can he put someone into the team who is a dribbler, who can break a line, who's got that little bit of finesse, that little bit of quality, which,
3: you know, other players don't have as an attacking sense. So, um, I, I would think, think you also need a good defender, on our right wing back position as well Stephen because Perisic, Perisic is yeah. arguably on. their best player mm-hmm. um, scored the goal against the Czech Republic but yeah I think Stephen O'Donnell. It's another reason that Stephen O'Donnell will get the nod. He's he's an out-and-out defender against Perisic, and we need one, I think. Mm.
2: And that then raises the argument of of how much you want to build your team with the opposition in mind, or, or how much you build your team just to be as effective as you possibly can. Mm. Um, and it's funny, isn't it? We're we're, we're talking about a, the back three for Scotland, but actually, it is such an influence. If McTominay and Tierney are in it, it's such an influence on Scotland's attacking play as well, doesn't it?
3: Well, they they just give us such a good ball out from the back and I just love the way that Robertson and Tierney have gelled Um, both of them have got complete licence to to bomb one I've never seen a apart from maybe Chris Wilder at Sheffield United I've never seen a manager allow his two outside centre-backs particularly Tierney the licence to go into areas of the pitch that you would never dream of seeing him
6: Yeah, well here's the gaffer talking about them We're delighted that we've got two fantastic players that can play together on the team we've found a way that suits the team not just Kieran and Andy, but we we can fit them into a good system. It works well for us. Two great players, two big personalities within the squad. It was important to get Kieran back in the team tonight. I think you you see that when we go to the pitch. It was important to have Kieran and Scott McTominay on the side of Grant Hanley, who was also outstanding. It's important for us to look after them and make sure we get... We get the right balance in the team. It's very difficult to play two left backs in the same team, and we're grateful that Kieran is able to play inside one, but still contribute going forward as well, which is great.
2: You spoke about it, Gordon, already uh, on the show about just the the importance of Terry and how much Scotland miss him uh, when he's not there, and we we sometimes look at opposition lineups and and get scared by what they're liable to throw at us, but uh, opponents will be frightened when they see that uh, Tierney and, and Robertson combo coming down the left side at them.
5: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, of, of course. And, and, you know, I, I think this is something that this Steve Clark Scotland side has got that not many Scotland sides previously have got is that we have built confidence in what we can do really well. You know, it's not just about nullifying what our opponents are bringing or trying to spring a counter and get lucky with a chance. It's like this is a confident group of players who are confident in their abilities and, Yeah, I mean, that that left side of attack with Tierney Robertson, you know, that that matches up comparatively well against any left-sided of of any team in the tournament. You know, they they would walk into any other side, I think. That's
2: Austria just going ahead um, in their game against uh, Ukraine. Um, Of course, we're interested in in who is going through from from all the groups, but we're interested as well uh, in terms of uh, what it means to Scotland, Gordon, tomorrow night, and uh, talking right at the top of the show that... uh, you know, usually any sort of win we'd be happy with against Croatia tomorrow night, but a 1-0 win might not be enough depending on who else is in contention to go through in the, in the best third places.
5: Well, you're right there, but I think the, obviously the, the results to look out for tonight are obviously so long as Austria and Ukraine don't draw, if there's a winner in that game, then their third place team finishes on three points. And so long as Belgium beat Finland tonight, then their third place in that group has three points. So if those two things happen, we go into the game tomorrow knowing 100% any win puts us on four points and we're in the last 16. And that would be the dream scenario because to be able to get to the 90 minutes and finish the game tomorrow night and know for a fact that a win has been enough to put us in the last 16, that is the dream scenario. So those are your two results to look out for tonight.
2: David, did I just see you glazing over there at <laughs> all those arithmetical repercussions? i so glad
3: Gordon's ahead of the game here. <laughs> I, know, I, know. <laughs> I think he's one of the few. I Maybe know. Carol Vorderman's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I, you know, I think Steve Klopp will be saying to the... I mean, hopefully we will be in that situation where we know a win takes us through. But even if we're not, I'm sure the players will just have to clear the junk out of their mind and look upon this. And it's a cup final because Croatia have to win the game as well. And my, my only concern is that I've heard so often since Friday night that Croatia are over the hill, they're past it, they're an aging team. Seven of the team that started against the Czech Republic for Croatia played in the last World Cup final. Mm. The average age of the team against the Czech Republic was twenty-eight. So they're not they're not over the hill. I agree they haven't done themselves justice in this tournament, but they, they will be a real test for Scotland tomorrow night.
2: Yeah, and they've they've got everything to play for that we have to play for uh tomorrow night. They want to to win it as well Gordon how do you see it panning out tomorrow
5: I I said before the game on Friday that all I wanted after just an annoyingly passive performance on Monday against the Czech Republic I wanted Scotland to be brave I wanted us to be bold and I wanted us to go for it on Friday and we absolutely did that and we got what we deserved I mean the players do have to realise that Win tomorrow night could be the best result in this in our in our country's history because we've never been to the knockouts or major finals before, and this is their chance to be legends forever. So I know they say play the game, not the occasion, but it just they have to embrace that. They have to take confidence from that that they've earned that place, they've earned the right to become legends forever. So just go and do it. Play, 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 play to win. Play, play with boldness and bravery, and yeah, just just deliver for us because the country's behind them, and I think you've seen that.
2: I think I'm going to get you into the dressing room tomorrow night to to (laughs) deliver that. That was very impressive. Good man, Gordon. Thanks a lot for joining us on the show and let's hope uh, what you are talking about there comes to fruition. Eight o'clock tomorrow night at Hamlin, Scotland against Croatia.
0: The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Tomorrow night against Croatia, the third group game. Will it be Scotland's last game? Let's hope not. Let's hope Uh, there's more to come for Stevie Clark and his team. Uh, Well, thank goodness we had Gordon from Tartan Scarf on at the top of the show. Uh, He's put us all right on uh, some of those arithmetical uh, possibilities over the next little while. Uh, The good news for Scotland is that Austria are ahead uh, in their match in Group C against Ukraine. Uh, that's in uh, Bucharest we've got on in the studio Baumgartner has scored for the Austrians and uh, now we want them to win and we want Belgium uh, to win in Group B later on against Finland Belgium already 6 points out of 6 and Davey if we can get those two outcomes it means yeah. Scotland beating Croatia tomorrow night gets us into the last
3: 16 yeah it'd be amazing um, we, we've got the Austria game on here in the the studio I've got to say that i um, it's not a certainty they're going to win the game because Ukraine looked very, very useful here, Rob. Um, and you just got to hope that Belgium play their, their full-strength team later on. You know, Roberto Martinez might yeah. take the opportunity to rest some legs and that's not what we need.
2: Yeah, and it's all neat and tidy, isn't it? When, when we know that result and that result means a Scotland win tomorrow night and that's it. But being Scotland, crags, it's, it's yeah. probably going to get more complicated than well, that, isn't it? Well,
4: the expectation then goes up everyone seems to know around the stadium all the Scotland fans will know what it takes but Croatia will also know that the focus and the pressure is on Scotland being the home side having the supporters there set off the game be compact be hard to play against for straight Scotland try and put a little bit of doubt into their mind and what Davey's talking about when you think of Perisic you think of Modric you know people say oh get getting older now and Kovacic in midfield that plays for Chelsea oh you know he's doing okay they're good players they only need that moment um, and Petkovic, who came on at half time the other night, was physical, strong, and powerful. Brought people into the game. So it isn't a, a, a straightforward Scotland turn up. They need to win. They're going to win. I said it earlier. They had expectation against Czech Republic. They didn't deliver. No one expected an awful lot against England. But a great result and great performance. Expectations back on Scotland again. Can the players turn that around and get what would be a huge victory?
2: Ukraine nil, Austria one later score in Group C and the Netherlands are ahead not surprisingly against North Macedonia who are already out of the tournament and uh, Memphis Depay has scored their goal maybe as a little celebration uh, for the fact that he's heading for Barcelona as is Genie Wijnaldum from that Dutch side, Davey, as well.
3: Yeah, interesting that Frank de Boer said uh, his mind is now clear that the transfer <laughs> yeah. is complete. He said he was looking a bit preoccupied. Well... <laughs> you're bound to look preoccupied if you've got to move to exactly. Barcelona to go haven't
2: you? A very understanding as, of the national as, coach Has
3: Wijnaldum not signed for PSG? Was it PSG? I think I think he signed a three-year deal at
4: PSG it was all set that he was going to go to yeah, Barcelona you could be right Wasn't it? Was it you last week when right. that came around? You he said right. that Barcelona chased him then it went quiet and PSG came in and showed more interest and he went to PSG
3: Terrible choice, eh?
2: Yeah, it's not, a,
4: it's not a bad choice to have.
2: <laughs> We're looking ahead to Scotland against Croatia, eight o'clock at Hamden tomorrow night. Let's uh, get uh, Craig from Cumbernauld involved in the discussion as well It's Rob McLean, Davy Proven and Stephen Cragen on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited mm-hmm. on a Monday night. Uh, looking back on Friday at Wembley, Craig, and, and looking forward to the Croatia game tomorrow night. How are you feeling? Aye,
7: I'm not bad road Dave Craggs, so how are you doing? Um, yeah, listen, first of all, I was, you know, like everybody else, delighted that we got the point against England uh, on Friday. You know, I believed we could get something actually last week on the show predicted we'd 1-2-1, so I had optimism. Um, but, you know, um delighted with it. Because, and for two reasons. One, because I think um, we probably were the better team on the night and actually could have won the game, which shows how good mm. we played. And, you know, it, it was a great way to bounce back for the disappointment on Monday. But the other one, if I'm being honest, was also the fact that I felt going into the game, every single English media pundit that I listened to, the arrogance was unbelievable. I mean, they were talking about resting this player, that player, we can do this, you know, we're going to win by umpteen goals. So we've been able to sort of, shall we say, wipe... The arrogance off their face for a little bit um, is always a nice.
2: Ball I know, and I think help. I think I think Rio um, Ferdinand was maybe the headliner, Craig, because I uh, I just I saw him in the studio and it was repeated several times of him saying there is no way England aren't going to win this game. I mean, it was just uh, the certainty that he had about it, yeah. and uh, you know we're so used to this, aren't we? We probably should be immune to it by now. the 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 fact that the English media just get completely carried away and get everything out of perspective.
7: Well, yeah, listen, I, the reason I, I had confidence going into the game that we could get something was that I believed, um, having seen England against Croatia and seen bits and bobs when they played Romania and Austria and their friendlies, that England has, had come into this tournament well overhyped. And I believe that um, a lot, <laughs> I think too much was made of how poor Scotland were on Monday when actually, although we didn't, school, we didn't, we didn't play badly, And it was far too much to put into how good England apparently were when actually they didn't play that well. So I think that gave me confidence because I thought, well, actually, no, that's not the reality of how both teams played in their opening game. So um, there's that. But of course, the the concern from a Scotland point of view is the fact that we still didn't get a goal. We still created good chances and didn't take them. Um, And we've got one game left now to go and do that. I think we're possibly the only team in this competition now hasn't scored yeah you're right before, yeah? you're right I think we are after Turkey scored last night yep. so um, that we, we cannot if we are you know to have the glorious failure and go out at the very least we, we have to score we can't come into our first tournament in 23 years and go out with being the only team not scoring a goal um, and I think we've got the players to do it you know Gilmore will be a blow but I would actually quite like to see David Turnbull start um, and and in place of Gilmore and put him in there because I think he's capable of doing the type of job Billy Gilmore did um, he's been I think all agree, probably one of the only standout players from Celtic over the past year Yeah. Um, so I'd really really like to see that um, dave what, what,
3: do, what do you think about Craig's point there about David Turnbull uh, starting I think David Turnbull's happier further up the pitch mm-hmm. getting nearer his striker um, I think if John McGinn were to get injured David Turnbull would certainly come into Steve Clark's thoughts not sure he would give him the one of the two central holding roles, and I, I, I'm pretty sure he'll go with Scott McTominay because he's well covered at, at centre back. He, did he play? I'm right in saying he played that. He played deeper against Netherlands. He, play, he played that yeah, position.
2: He did. He, he, he kind of played in front of the back in front of the back three. Um, he's probably
4: slightly different to Billy Gilmore. I think David, mm-hmm. you know, as uh, Davy says, he carries more of a threat in the final third. I think he gets shots off. He's more creative. And as much as that's what we spoke about, Rob, before we come on air, that, you know, Scotland maybe have to find something a little bit different. You know, somebody with a little bit of finesse. You know, John McGinn, runner, he'll close Modric down, he'll break beyond the game. But just when it comes to that 18-yard box, you need someone just a little bit more composure to find that killer pass or to move it out of his feet and get the shot off. Of course, John McGinn scored some great goals, but, you know, just in the two games we've witnessed so far, he's done so much work as energy. You know, would it be case of maybe dropping him back one and the break from deep? and allowing someone like David Turnbull to play up there. I mean, I think the, 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 um, the problem he has is, does he go with Scott McTominay in the midfield, or does he keep him there, or does he just go uh, Stuart Armstrong light for like? Because when he took Billy Gilmer off the other night at, at Wembley, he put Stuart Armstrong on. Was, so, that,
2: was that a clue, do you think?
4: Well, I, I would think he would probably stick to that. You know, he had Stuart Armstrong in the first game. Um, you know, he's got good running power, you know, Stuart Armstrong. But that's why Armstrong and, and, and McGinn quite similar. So that's why I would like maybe like a Turnbull who's got a little bit of something different from them, can have a shot from 30 yards out of the blue, You get himself into the box, and runs into the box and gets himself goals. Because when you need to score goals, you need to put goal scorers on the pitch. You can't just put people on the pitch who don't have a record of scoring goals over the past two or three seasons. And I don't mean two or three a season, I'm talking 10-12. That's more of an instinct than what maybe Stuart Armstrong and John McGinn would have, you know, with regards to getting into the box and scoring goals. David has that. So when you need goals, I think certainly he'll be on the bench. I would like to hope he's on the bench Never mind starting the game. Um, you know, he just brings that that air about him that you think something's going to happen when he's on the ball. So, I would be brave enough to play him. I've always liked David, but ultimately, I think you know Steve will be a little bit more cautious.
2: How excited are you, Craig, about Billy Gilmore for the future on the back of what we saw on on Friday night?
7: Oh, listen, I'm uh, very excited. I think he's a, a fabulous um, young player. Um, I think it's it's something we can all um, Excited about. I mean, you look at the players he was up against, um, you know, from the England midfield on Friday, and he absolutely he, he controlled that midfield like he was a, an experienced veteran, you know, in the game, um, which tells you the kind of mentality he's got. He's not intimidated by those big occasions. Um, and to be fair, I think that's the one thing we do have with a lot of the younger players. Who, you know, particularly the three boys who've got their first call ups to come into mm-hmm. the, the Euros, you know, none of them over the course of the past season have been intimidated when they've been asked to to play in a high pressure situation. You know, Patterson at Rangers played in European games, was quite happy to take a ball and go and score a goal. Um, played in an old firm, didn't look out of place there either. Turnbull's been the same at Celtic. As soon as he came in, um, you know, he, he he's been a bright spark. So that's a real real positive thing to have. Um, I also think, personally, I would actually quite like to see Kevin Nisbet start alongside Jay Adams. Um, Rather than well, Lyndon Dykes. I yeah, I don't have anything against Lyndon Dykes, but my only issue is that I feel that right now he cannot buy a goal. It doesn't seem to matter what type of opportunity he gets, what kind of shot he gets, whether it's a header. He just can't get the ball in the back mm. of the net. And I just don't... I think... Maybe try something a bit different. I think Nisbet, is a proven goal scorer, certainly at Hibernian, um, is that a partnership and, though? Nisbet you know, and Adams. Well, I think well. I think Nisbet can be, you know, uh, he's a goal scorer, and I think he can be a target man as well because a lot of the time it helps, you know, particularly when they're playing tougher opponents like Aberdeen or Rangers or Celtic or whatever. Um, at times when they've had to find an out ball, he's the man that's, that's creating space up front, and I think. If you've got, and both of them have a good, time of piece about them as well. I just think it'd be something a bit different because I think if we go in and just try the same strike partnership again, that let's be honest, hasn't worked. You know, for a game and a half, because obviously, Christie started in on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're setting ourselves up for a, a similar style game where we're just going to get a, a battle of the chances that, that don't get taken. Let's go let's get, get David's reaction to for,
3: that, David Adams and Nisbet. I think it's a partnership that could work, but uh, I think Dykes in this bit is a more natural partnership. I think you need Dykes. Dykes is the one you can hit from deep in the pitch. Uh, he takes the ball in, you know, he wins, he wins knockdowns and flick ons, and he, he gets Scotland up the pitch. Um, Adams is a, is a slightly different type. I think he, almost a second striker wants to mm. play off a main striker. And for me, it'll be, it'll be Dykes and Adams, and it gives Scotland a diagonal ball from either side of the pitch. It also makes it a hell of a lot easier for whoever's supporting. If it's John McGinn, if you've got two ahead of you, then when the ball's on its way to one of the two strikers, you know, you're up there for the second ball. You've got a much better chance of getting a knockdown when you've got two ahead of you. But you do start looking,
2: because of what Scotland need to do tomorrow night, you are looking around the squad, looking at the other attacking options like Kevin Nisbet, the likes of Fraser and Forrest, who could give Scotland some, some explosive attacking input, Crags. Yeah, you feel as
4: if they're gonna be the not the desperation subs, but if they're trailing with half an hour to go, you feel as if they're gonna be the substitutions that he's gonna make and he may have to change the shape from a back three to a back four and play two wingers and go four four two or four three three and and, and try and get back into the game. Um, just on the one about Lyndon Dykes, you know, if he's not the goal scorer and he's not gonna get goals, you need to surround him with goal scorers then. Mm. You know, otherwise you're gonna keep Banging against the brick wall.
2: He was unlucky not to score at Wembley. I mean, Reese well, uh, James headed I think well off the line. Say, it was, I mean, well, might have been, sneaked in.
4: Yeah, well, it, may, it might have. Um, but I think you covered a game against Luxembourg, David didn't you? It was yeah. a Luxembourg game. And the warning signs were there that the amount of chances they created. Mm, true. And I wouldn't say people laughed it off, but they all went, you know, we'll work and cross and finishing and we'll, you know, we'll work on it. And here they are two games into a tournament, yeah. having 30 shots or 30 attempts on goal, six on target, and they haven't scored a goal yet. So that Luxembourg game wasn't just a one-off, it was almost a sign of things to come that you need to surround non-goal scorers, So that's what you know want to call Lyndon Dykes. Of course, he got a, you know, a few goals for Scotland, he didn't get as many for Queen's Park Rangers, but if he's a hold-up player, a link-up player, wins headers, you have to then have players who are going to score round about him, whether that's Nesbit, whether that's Turnbull, whoever it may be, but you definitely
2: need goals in the team. Craig, how, how's it going to go tomorrow night? Oh, um, I think
7: we're in for a, a tense, nervy affair. I think it will be a 1 0 Scotland win. Um, uh, in typical Scotland fashion, it will be like the 94th minute of the game, and Chi Adams will pop oh, up there. Yeah, that'll and do. A or something.
2: <laughs> and I tell you what, Craig, we've just, just seen Austria miss an absolute sitter uh, in the game uh, against Ukraine. <laughs> Right in front of goal, Arnautovic. It was yeah, uh, which would have made it two 0 and, and as we were hearing at the top of the show, that this could this is a game that could have big implications for Scotland. If Austria uh, can win it, and if Belgium win later on, then a, a win, any sort of win, uh, will do Scotland. And we don't really have to bother too much about goal difference. So that's a that's a bit of a bummer that that one uh, didn't hit the target from Arnautovic. It is Ukraine nil, Austria one. Craig, thanks a lot for your call and enjoy it. I hope you do enjoy it tomorrow night. But uh, As you said, it's going to be tense and nervous. It always is, watching Scotland.
0: The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.
2: Will a win be enough uh, tomorrow night? Scotland against Croatia. We certainly need to win the game. There is no doubt about that. But would a 1-0 win be enough? Well, it just might be if results go our way between now and... And then one of them, of course, Ukraine against Austria. It's just coming up to halftime in that match. Austria still 1-0 up in the game, but uh, should have been 2-0 had Arnautovic not missed a sitter in the other group game. Uh, The Dutch are a goal ahead against North Macedonia. Uh, Netherlands already through as winners. North Macedonia already out. Memphis to pie with the only goal in that game of course uh, waking up to the news this morning all Scotland fans that Billy Gilmore has been counted out of uh, tomorrow night indeed he's out for the next 10 days isolating having been uh, tested positive for Covid Uh, good news David Proven is uh, that all the other players in the squad are clear
3: yeah I've got to say Rob uh, it's a complete mystery to me how they decide who was a close contact um, I think it was Brian Rice who said nobody understands it, and you would think Billy Gilmore would have been mixing with his teammates, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, so it's a strange one for me. We're delighted that no one else is is involved, but um, th- this whole track and trace things a mystery to me.
2: There's something ironic about it as well, it being Billy Gilmore because he was the star of the show, wasn't he, on, on Friday night. In terms of in terms of impact, I know Stevie Clark, with Stephen O'Donnell mm-hmm. above him in terms of the, the ratings, and I, and I get that completely, where he was coming from, and, and I see the, the logic as well. But in terms of a, a Scotland debut, it was sparkling, wasn't it?
4: I think it's because it's new and it's fresh and it's something different. You know, there was always a lot of expectation around Billy and a lot of people thought he would progress and he would do well, but you actually see it in a Scotland jersey and to see that hype and to make it believable it was like wow this kid's actually taking the ball under pressure he's taking it in good areas you know he knows when to speed the game up he knows when to slow it down and I look at Stephen Davis at Rangers and I've uh, commented this season that Stephen does that you know as a 35 year old you know he knows when the game needs a little injection of pace or a longer pass and he knows when it needs, you know, just to take a sting out of it and just keep the ball simple. And Billy Gilmer's doing that at 20 years of age. So it was an absolute joy to watch him. It really was. And then the excitement was building, thinking, well, that's what they need in midfield. They've got that bit mm. right. You know, the team seemed to gel. All they need now is a goal against Croatian. And then suddenly it's all kind of backfiring a little bit. But I said to you earlier, Billy Gilmer reminds me of a guy who, or a kid who, whether he plays 5 a with his mates or whether he plays at Wembley for Scotland, he'll do the same thing he'll still want to go and take the ball and play the game the exact same way and just speed it up and slow it down and, and, and do... It's ingrained in him how to play football and he was an absolute joy to watch on Friday
2: night. It was his first start, of course, not his debut, but uh, first time uh, playing start, from, yeah. the, from the start yeah. and... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's exciting in terms of what's to come in the future, but it just would have been nice, Davey, had Stevie Clark been able to say, same again, send out the same yeah. 11, as I imagine he probably would have done tomorrow night. I think
3: night. you're dead right, Rob. It was an absolute certainty he'd have, have started by the same side. Um, to get back to Billy, Billy Gilmore, he wasn't just finding a teammate with every pass. He was telling that teammate where the ball was to go next. He was yeah. actually pointing mm. to where it was to go next. Mm. You know, he's, he's, he's ahead in his his thinking. Um, amazing performance for such a such a young man
2: Billy Gilmore uh, will not be involved uh, and he won't be involved in our, our match in the last 16 he said getting ahead of himself <laughs> either but uh, he probably will be available if Scotland are in the quarterfinals uh, a lot of football to be played uh, between now and then uh, Stevie Clark uh, talking after the match at uh, Wembley um, about Kieran Tierney, his input to the team and about the quality of football Scotland played as well.
6: Getting Kieran back into the the back three and and Scott gives us the platform to build from the back to play football for the back. Uh, Billy and and Callum in midfield are are both good footballers. We knew coming here we couldn't just sit in the defence for 95 minutes or whatever the game was going to take. We knew we had to, when we had the ball, take care of it and try and create our own chances and that's what we managed to do. Which
2: sounds, uh, when he when he speaks about McTominay and Tierney, that sounds like a, a clue about what Scotland are going to do tomorrow night. But of course, that was Stevie Clark talking before, before he lost yeah. uh, Billy Gilmore. And that does change things for him. You know, where is he going to play Scott McTominay? And Davey, you know, you want him in the middle of the field alongside um, Callum McGregor.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think he's a natural, central holding midfield player. Uh, I think that's obviously where he plays for Manchester United. And, uh, you know, I think he... He does a job, terrifically for Scotland. I think he's. I think there's a mistake in him at the back now and again. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there was early on against England, there, wasn't there? there? There was, and we've seen him cut under the ball a couple of times when he when he's played there. His distribution is fabulous. Don't get me wrong. I, I like to see him play at the back because I think you need someone who can step into midfield and, and find a pass. But um, centre mid is, is is for me his strongest position.
2: One player who maybe didn't get raved about as, as much as he deserved to after the game at Wembley for me it was Callum McGregor uh, maybe because he was alongside Billy Gilmore, Gilmore but but maybe of course the reason uh, Callum McGregor was back to what I thought was his best mm-hmm. was the fact that, that Billy Gilmore was alongside him but that struck me as a really stylish performance from McGregor against top opposition crags
4: well it's, it's because it's two natural footballers who want to take the ball under pressure who want to tick the game over who want to get forward play forward passes and I think that's what Callum's good at, was when he has someone beside him who he can pass the ball to or someone can pass the ball to him. So the relationship that they struck up was excellent. But you're right, I think he was underrated because all the expectation, all the focus was on Billy Gilmer. But Callum certainly looked comfortable again. You know, we always spoke about him getting the rest at some stage. And whether that little rest against the Czech Republic, first of all, it it makes you a little bit angry because you think, you know, I want to play. So it kind of just stirs you up a little bit inside and you think, if I get the chance to play, I'm going to go and show what I can do. So suddenly your fatigue or or lack of freshness disappears because your focus is on I want to show people what I can do so I thought he was excellent he really was good Um, I just think the balance was right the whole balance of the team just Mm -hmm. looked ideal because when you have Kieran Tierney and Scott McTominay stepping into midfield against the Czech Republic because the centre-halves didn't do it you never really got an overload in midfield but because Tierney stepped in someone from England had to come and engage with him once they leave their men then he's able to pass it off but he doesn't stand and watch he then goes and overlaps Andy Robertson and Andy Robertson got better and played even better against England than he did against the Czech Republic because he knows Kieran Tierney will give him the ball. He knows he'll step into the game so Robertson can get on his bike and go forward. He doesn't have to receive the ball deep and try and carry it. He knows he can step on because Tierney will do that. But yeah, you know, back to Callum McGregor, I think he's just a stylish footballer. He's a cracking player who wants the ball, wants to play in the right areas. And against England, it was a big pitch, was slick on the ground, so he's able to move the ball fast. So he will certainly be playing tomorrow night, that's for sure.
3: He looked reinvigorated, Davy. Yeah, yeah, and... I think he's a bit of a fall guy. Um, You know, Billy Gilmer comes comes on against Luxembourg and stars for a short period in the game. And I think all of us, and certainly the Scottish media, went overboard about Billy's performance that night. Now, he's backed that up with a terrific performance at Wembley. But I think Callum McGregor might have been thinking to himself, you know, know, given my service to, to the country, I think I deserve a bit better than to be immediately discarded after Billy Gilmer's played for half an hour for Scotland. And it was really good to see him on the ultimate stage at Wembley, back to his very best controlling again.
2: I wonder if Stuart Armstrong uh, will start uh, tomorrow night. There will be a clamour for that to happen. As Craig has said, he was the man who replaced uh, Billy Gilmore on Friday night. So will that be the change right from the start, potentially, um, tomorrow night? And is he in the same team as his uh, Southampton teammate, Jay Adams? That'd be nice.
1: Um, I thought he was excellent at Wembley a really good performance, a hard a hard performance against good quality defenders. So it was really pleasing for me to see him perform so well and I've obviously seen that every week at Southampton. So, yeah, to get on the pitch together would be nice and, and link up and as long as the ball goes in the net, I'm, I'm not too bothered.
2: The main thing for Stevie Clark will be what Stuart Armstrong contributes, but that club connection thing quite appeals to me because they do know each other's game, they do operate in the same sort of areas of the pitch.
4: Yeah, and, and that's, you know, that's probably the... Possibly one of the little bits they're missing at the top end of the pitch is that connection between players, understanding where he's going to run, understanding the way to pass, and know where he likes the ball and what he's up for. But you know, Stuart Arm, uh, Armstrong's correct. They just need to score goals. I think if Scotland can get the first goal tomorrow night against Croatia, suddenly there's an air of confidence will come to them. Uh, Croatia will have to eventually come out from their deep position, which could create even more space for Scotland. But certainly, Shay Adams and Lyndon Dykes, two centre forwards, that will be the the plan of attack. I'd imagine.
2: Join us for the football chat right here 0808 08, 17 17 700 Rob McLean, Stephen Cragan, Davy Proven and you News at 6 on the way plus another
0: hour of football chat I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy Gary, what a job you did out there today oh, it was It was unbelievable You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in It was a really special moment And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.
2: Can Scotland get the job done tomorrow night against Croatia and will uh, purely a win be enough? Will it all come down to goal difference in the end in terms of those four best third places who go forward to join uh, the other 12 in the last 16? Italy are there already, of course, from Group A, nine points out of nine, seven goals without reply. 30 games unbeaten for the Italian team it really is quite incredible they haven't done that since the 1930s Wales have gone through as well as second place finishers Switzerland were third and uh, they waiting to find out what else happens uh, among the third places as to whether they will go through. Um, as Gordon from uh, the Tartan Scarf was telling us earlier on in the show, he was able to do the arithmetic for us and uh, tell us that uh, if Austria can beat Ukraine and if Belgium uh, win tonight uh, later on against Finland, uh, then a win would be enough for scotland uh, tomorrow and we wouldn't have to worry too much about all the other uh, repercussions of all the other results in all the other groups it's rob McLean, it's stephen craigan and it's david proven with you on a monday on the go radio football show just over 24 hours away from the big match at hamden and uh, we've got uh, john bleasdale with us now as well hi john Hi Rob, how are you doing? Yep, yeah, very well, thank you. And yourself, are you in optimistic mood despite the bad news this morning about Billy Gilmore?
8: Yeah, I mean, we didn't expect Billy Gilmore to be in the squad in the first place beforehand. Um, so, and we thought we had a decent chance of doing well, most of So it's also a big blow given the way he performed on um, Friday night. But we've got players to, to step in and do the job. It's just which one Steve picks is going to be an interesting one.
2: Yeah, we've just got some uh, quotes in uh, from from Stevie Clark uh, speaking to the media just a a short time ago about Billy Goldmore. Um, He said, Billy is upset, as you would expect. He's asymptomatic. It's a blow for us, but a chance for someone else. Uh, He said, Billy would have started the game and now he won't, but it's a chance for someone else to come into the team and make themselves the national hero because, yeah, he'd, he'd some... Spectacular impact, uh, John, didn't he, at Wembley?
8: Oh yeah, he was absolutely superb. Um, you know, just like any other time that he's um went on the pitch for Chelsea, it's just been effortless for him. It doesn't matter who he's um come up against, whether um it's up against it's a Man City down south or up against England and international uh, Wembley, it just doesn't phase him. He's got confidence in his own ability and he's comfortable with some of the players um, around him no matter what level and yeah, he put in a very assured performance. Um it's just a shame for him and for us that he's now gonna um miss out on the, the game tomorrow and it'll be a it'll be a huge blow. I just don't know if um if the best way is to put me Tony back into midfield because the defence works better with him as one of the back three, um, or if we just bring in um, you know, someone else I have heard John Flight been mentioned, David Turnbull's been mentioned, but I just don't know which way to go. But I full trust in the manager.
2: Yeah, I mean, no other Scotland players are affected uh, by this. Nobody else is having to isolate. It's somewhat surprising. You kind of expected uh, other Scotland players to be in close proximity uh, and the news might be even worse in terms of the selection tomorrow night. But there are a couple of England players, Craig, mm-hmm. as I understand implicated. Yeah,
4: just it came out of the press conference that Ben Chilwell and Mason Mount now isolate and pending further discussions with Public Health England after interaction with Billy Gilmer. Which seems strange that they played against them on the pitch. You know, mm. I, I I thought it was 15 minutes. I can't imagine they were hanging about together for 15 minutes, mm. yet he's staying in a hotel with people who are playing yeah. golf on Saturday. So I, again, I'm a the I have no idea how it works, but certainly Ben Chilwell and Mason Mount are now self-isolating for, uh, pending further investigation.
2: That is strange, isn't it, uh, Davey? Um Because obviously Scotland haven't suffered any other blow apart, apart from Billy yeah. Gilmore himself.
3: Yeah, I, again, Rob, at the risk of repeating yeah. myself, I've no idea how they, how they worked this out, who the close contacts were. What I would say is I saw a picture of Mason Mount Billy Gilmore and Ben Chilwell at uh, full time, um, arms round each other, obviously teammates. Um, but I mean, for how long? Yeah. And, and and who knows how long? I did
2: hear someone else saying on Saturday that no English player got near enough to Billy Gilmore to, <laughs> to, to, to be uh, affected. Oh, uh, so so strong was his performance. Um, so so what what, what are you going to do then uh, if I'm giving you the job for tomorrow night? Um, what what's your team, John, to to face Croatia?
8: Chris, you're asking the wrong
2: person. <laughs> <laughs> I know you thrive yeah. on pressure.
8: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where you got that information from. That's why I'm talking to you guys on the phone and <laughs> Steve Clark or <so. laughs> But no, I've, obviously David Marshall deserves to stay um, in goal. Um, I, I probably would stick. With, I probably would stick with the back three: McTominay, Hanley, uh, Tierney, Tierney, and Robertson, and the Donald fullbacks, obviously. Um, I would have McGregor um, and John McGinn. It's just who then comes into the midfield. Mm. I mean, do you play someone like John Fleck and um, just keep McGinn going forward? Or do you drop McGinn back and play David Turnbull? Because he's someone I'd like to see in there. That's the conundrum. If you ask me right now, I would probably stick with... Um, I'd probably go John Fleck. He has more defensive mind. Yeah. My worry is he's not had a particularly great season and he had the COVID issue himself um, before the tournament. Do um,
2: you... Do Sorry, sorry, John, I was just going to say, David, do you, do you lose too much of John McGinn if you, if you withdraw him into, yeah, into I, a deeper midfield role?
3: You're 100% right. I think you have to free him up and allow him to go and play with complete freedom, to go beyond the, the, the front two at times. Um, basically, go where he can influence the game. But I think you've really got to give him the freedom of the pitch.
2: Yeah, and he d- he does gamble, doesn't he, John McGinn? So so that means he makes some mistakes, and and even looking at it from a negative point of view, you want him if he's going to make mistakes, make them further up the pitch, yeah, not in front of the defense.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 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 battle with our front two against it'll be Lovren and, and, and Vida. There's going to be some mm. contest. I mean, Lovren and, and Vida are the if you owned a nightclub, they're the type you'd want on the door on a Saturday night. <laughs> um, and. You see Lyndon Dykes bullying centre-backs at at times. I don't think he'll be able to bully these guys tomorrow. It might have to be played up a bit shorter to him and Shea Adams. Uh, And that'll be absolute. That'll be absolutely telling in the contest that our front two against their two centre-backs.
2: Yeah, it's going to be quite a confrontation, that one, Craig.
3: Well, it is. And, you know, I I think it's something
4: Lyndon Dykes thrives on. You know, when you looked at Tyrone Mm. Mings and John Stones on Friday night, you know, as if they were caught in the headlights, they thought, what are these guys doing? You know, they're jumping for headers, they're running in behind, they're stretching. A lot of the games they play, and I imagine, are quite passive. They don't have centre forwards who want to hurt them and get against them and be physically strong and challenge for every ball and come in the blind side and win flicks. In the end, John Stones was just bundled into the back of Linden Dykes, claiming it wasn't a free kick because I don't think they knew what to do. I think the two of them spooked the two England centre halves yeah. out. And then he then said to Reese James and they said to Luke Shaw, stay in beside us. And normally when you play against the back three or you play against the three-five-two system, that should free up your 2 fullbacks if you play a four. So Luke Shaw uh, and Rhys James should have been running the game. They should have been up and down the line. But I think the fear that Dykes and Adams put into the two centre-halves, they wanted them to stay at home just to give them a little bit of protection, which just shows you how much Scotland imposed themselves in the game and put England on the back foot. But you're right, Lovren and Vida are more experienced. I think Lovren's 31 and Veda's 32. So they will love straight balls up and down the pitch. They will love the battle and the fight and the scrap. That means then the person that plays in behind has to be aware to pick up scraps. Luka Modric will drop deep, he'll probably try and play in between the two and to start play and that's where John McGinn can get a success if he's going to play as a number 10. He can run off the centre forwards or he can he can run off Luka Modric and that's where his energy will come into it. But it'll be a great battle.
2: In Group C, Netherlands have just gone two ahead against North Macedonia. No great surprise about that. Looks very much as if the Dutch uh, will be on maximum points as they head through to the last 16. But, uh, the game John we're much more interested in at the moment of course is Ukraine against Austria, we have it on here in the studio with us, um, Austria still leading by a goal to nil um, and you'll have heard earlier on that that, uh, that if Austria win and if and if Belgium win later on then, then we know that uh, just a win will do us tomorrow night because we don't really want to be cluttering our heads with thoughts about how many goals we need to score as well do we?
8: Yeah, well, you remember what happened with the women's team a couple of years ago at the World Cup. Yeah. Know, they were seeing a up and probably caught between trying to go for more goals and what they probably should have done was um, stay with what they got and it would have been enough. Even 3-2 would have been enough. Analysis. You don't want that kind of scenario. You want to be able to know. What we've got to do, first of all, is make sure that we win the game um, and we'll worry about anything you know, So if it works it we go through, fantastic. If it doesn't, well, that's just another chapter that we don't want to go down, but um, I think hopefully Austria um, hold on to the win, and uh, hopefully Belgium don't have an unexpected slip up tonight, and then we can just completely focus on the one thing that we need to do.
2: And we don't want to be reflecting after all of this on the first game against the Czech Republic. That's the big worry, isn't it? That, that, that we look back on getting it wrong. Uh, Steve in, Clark's in the, big worry in the opening Rob, game. Rob, yeah. Because,
3: you know, if, if, if it comes down to that first game, fingers will be pointed at Steve Clark. You know, he didn't take the handbrake off in the first game. Um, he discovered in the second game how good we could be he didn't trust the players in the first game trusted them at Wembley and they, they repaid him big time and you just hope we don't end up regretting the, the, the first performance the first formation
2: But at least the performances are going in the right direction aren't they if you if you look at that opening game where maybe there was a touch of stage fright attached to it as well We're we're hardly tournament regulars after 23 <laughs> years away so maybe that had something to do with it as well much better transformed performance really at Wembley um, but, but we need that progression to continue we need the evolution to continue mm. we need to start getting some goals Well there's no coincidence that when you have your best players in the team you get your best
4: performance and Che Adams I think even out within the legs is the best centre forward if, you know, if one striker should have played against the Czech. He should have played, yeah. I think.
2: And I think if Stevie Clark got the decision to make again, I think he'd be he the first to put his hand would. up and of say, course. "Got that one wrong."
4: Kieran Tierney was a hard one because he was out through injury. Yeah. but he was the bit be- You know, he's the best left centre half they have. So you get him in the team. You get Chay Adams in the team, uh, and and Billy Gilmore was a little bit of unknown. You know, yes, people have watched him playing at Chelsea, but could he play in the Scotland midfield? Of course he could, but at what kind of level? So suddenly he becomes your best midfield player, and suddenly your three players that bring into your team are better than, what, than were there before. And there's no coincidence for me then, everybody seems to thrive. Lyndon Dykes thrives when he's got a, he's got a, a partner with him. I think Andy Robertson certainly thrives even more so when he's got Kieran Tierney behind him because he knows what's coming. So suddenly you put that into the team, then naturally you become a better side. If that team had it been the team that started against Czech Republic, I believe they would have beat the Czech Republic, but hindsight's a wonderful thing.
2: We, of course, tomorrow night will be back at the Radisson Red in Glasgow. Uh, Paul Cooney, Mark Guidi, and Chris Burke on the show tomorrow. Still, places available if you're looking for somewhere to watch what is a massive match uh, for Scotland. Uh, John Davy and I were just speaking off air uh, there about uh, the threat potentially that that Scotland were facing in in Phil Foden I must say that uh, the minute I knew Scotland were playing England that that was what frightened me most just because he is such an incredible talent Uh, and you had to be really impressed I think with the way Scotland handled Foden
8: Oh absolutely I mean the fact that Foden was taken off um, you know after 60 minutes just tells us everything about the way it went Um, Foden's had a pretty disappointing point to him which is a good thing from my point of view from Friday night Um, but no I thought the the whole team. There wasn't anyone that you'd give below a seven out of ten. I thought the team were absolutely brilliant. The only thing that was missing was a goal. I was particularly pleased for Stephen O'Donnell. Um, the, the stick that he got, a lot of it, a lot of it was over the top. And O'Donnell himself said he didn't have the best game against the Czechs. But there were worse players um, in the team um, than Stephen O'Donnell, or players that played worse than him. And three of them get left out the start lineup on Friday night. So um, I was so hoping that he's valuing in the net. And um, that was a cat's off a great night because he was absolutely outstanding, and he had Raheem Sterling in his pocket half the time as well.
2: Yeah, it was some save from Jordan Pickford actually. Um, David Marshall really, really didn't have a wonder save to make in the game, but but Jordan Pickford certainly did to to stop uh, Stephen Donald, O'Donnell scoring what would have been his first his first Scotland goal. How big Davey is the Kieran Tierney effect? Not just having him and what he does, but his personality and, and the effect yeah. he has on everyone else in that team. Yeah,
3: I mean, he's, he's a kind of Billy Bremner type, isn't he? You know, he's not the biggest, um, but it's the, the attitude, just never say die, chases all the lost causes, loves a tackle, snarls at people, snarls at teammates. He's, he's everything you want in terms of attitude. And he's obviously not just got attitude, he's got the ability to to match the attitude. He's, he's a complete player now. I think yeah. he lifts his teammates Yeah, I think he certainly lifts
4: his teammates if you're Scotland playing on Friday night and you think Kieran Tierney's fit I think you're rubbing your hands and thinking right okay we've got a chance I certainly know Andy Robertson would have been rubbing his hands and thinking right okay this is proper I mean, it means I can get forward a little bit more he can fill in as a left back and cover the gap that I'm leaving he can overlap me I can fill the gap and then he leaves so I think it just gives everybody a lift uh, and I'm sure it gives the coaching staff a lift knowing you're bringing in one of your best players and I think Scotland to perform and to win games they need all the best players playing well but they've now set the benchmark. That type of performance, level of performance, will need to be replicated tomorrow night. Because it's not as if you're going to play against Luxembourg, you're going to play against Samaria, you're playing against Croatia. Uh, ultimately, yes, they are getting a little bit older, but they're still a good side with players who can hurt you. So the level of performance has to be right up there again.
2: John Fleck's been mentioned a couple of times on the show. David, do, mm-hmm. do you see him as a serious mm-hmm. contender to start tomorrow?
3: I don't think he will. No. Um, I, I would have no problem with him starting, you know, given the level he... he, he He's been playing out over the last couple of seasons. He's been a standout for Sheffield United, um, so I wouldn't face him at all. To but I think is I
2: mean they they they've, had a, tough, the, they've had a tough have season. Yeah, haven't and
3: they? I, I think he's been in the periphery anyway. To be honest with you, all. I mean, Steve Clark has his favourites, mm. and I, I, I don't think John Fleck is one of them. No, um, and I, that's that's me being brutally honest. Yeah. Um. If you know, if you look at John Fleck, and I've seen him often enough. I spent a lot of time at Bramall Lane. Uh, in against the best the Man City's and the Manchester United's and holding his own no problem at all so were he to go into the side uh, he wouldn't let us down I've no doubt about that but I don't think he will
2: John it's going to be a great atmosphere isn't it uh, tomorrow night even with a, a limited crowd but um, I mean just the, the noise They, you were there weren't you for the, the Czech Republic game um, when, the, when the players came out for their warm up the first chance the fans had had to see the players on the pitch, what a noise! It was like the old Hamden roar.
8: Rob, it was incredible. I mean, I said um, to um, someone in your news stations that it would have been like fifty thousand. Um, it would have felt like fifty thousand way that they were running. That was um, that was true. And when Yes Sir, I can you came on, the place was um, nearly rocking. It was tremendous. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a ticket for tomorrow night, um, but I'll be watching the game with a couple of mates. Which will be good, um, just to be able to have that option again, because for Sebby we're all in our own houses and our own, um, so it'll be good to watch them um, game with mates. And I'm jealous of those who are going, but I've, I hope they all enjoy it because it'll be a great atmosphere, and hopefully they can throw uh, the team onto victory. Um, let's hope we do it.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's always interesting, isn't it, when the the noise off the pitch and the atmosphere off the pitch translates, and and it and it and it goes in the other direction as well. And when the game went flat, crags, um the, the fans went flat, yeah. it, it went it went quiet and it was really boisterous to begin with and one of the best ever renderings of, of uh, yeah. Flair of Scotland.
4: I think they go hand in hand. You know, if the team are on the front foot and the team are inspiring the supporters and the, the supporters give them that back again. But I think it was because there was so much hype before the first game and they thought, right, they were feeling good, they were in the zone, the players were playing well, you know, uh, European Championship football was back, Scotland were involved, Hamden Park, first time in 23 years, all this big build-up. And then suddenly, first 20 minutes, fine. Then they lose the goal. They lose the second one after half-time and it's like, here we go again. You know, we've been in this movie before. And at no stage did they get a lift with regards to getting a goal to make it 2-1. I thought at any stage in the game, if they made it 2-1, it would have went up again and they really would have pushed on, but they couldn't get the goal. Whether it was bad luck, whether it was good saves, whether it was, you know strikers missing opportunities, but they needed the lift. And that's what they need tomorrow night. They need to build on the momentum. That the supporters will give them the drive, the the emotion from the from the national anthem. They need to give them a goal. And then
2: suddenly it will go through the roof even more. What do you think, John, tomorrow night?
8: I'm confident enough with the chances that we're creating. I mean I've sort a start that we've created the most chances in the group. Worryingly we haven't taken any but as long as we're creating them, you know, we give ourselves a chance. I'm gonna be optimistic and say one nil Scotland um and hopefully that'll take us through we'll just need to see what happens with the games tonight
2: Who's going to score the goal? Mm,
8: I'm going to go Shea Adams
2: Shea Adams that'll do nicely in fact anyone would do nicely uh, as long an as own, you see I don't go
8: from Modric would do nicely
2: Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly a bit <laughs> unlikely but you never know uh, John thanks a lot for joining us on the show uh, and no, enjoy it, it all, yeah you too enjoy, enjoy it, it tomorrow night that is uh, John Uh, Looking forward to Scotland against Croatia tomorrow night at 8 not much more than 24 hours away
0: The Go Radio Football Show Talking football first Listen live weeknights from 5
2: Yeah, massive match tomorrow night. Scotland against Croatia at Hamden. Will a win be enough? Can we get the win that we so desperately need? Having lost to the Czech Republic uh, in our opening match, that great draw at Wembley against England on uh, Friday night. And it all comes down as it inevitably was going to do to 90 minutes against Croatia at the national stadium. Tomorrow night, Scotland will be without Billy Gilmore, of course, who's tested positive for COVID. But no other isolation involved in the Scotland camp. Billy Gilmore will be isolating for the next 10 days. But uh, we've just brought you the breaking news in the last 10 minutes or so that the Chelsea pair of uh, Ben Chilwell and Mason Mount are isolating uh, following close contact with Billy Gilmore. Uh, so uh, that is having implications at the moment, even if not in the Scotland camp. Uh, So Gilmore out for tomorrow night, out for 10 days. And he was a standout, of course, wasn't he, for Scotland on Friday night. Uh, Stevie Clark uh, saying that uh, the Scottish FA confirming that uh, Billy Gilmore had tested positive asymptomatic but uh, naturally, hugely upset Davy um uh, about missing out on tomorrow yeah. night, having done so well on Friday. Well,
3: you, you can imagine how he was feeling after the game. You know, having been such a big influence on the game on his, his first start for his country and how much he would have been looking forward to tomorrow night. And he probably took it as a given after he, he did his test that it was going to be OK. And it's thrown up this result. It's, uh, it's a real sore one for him. I think also what's in the back of his mind is it took Scotland
4: 23 years to get to a major tournament after the last qualified. You know, so he'd be 43 in the next competition. So <laughs> so he's thinking, this. Oh, could without being too negative, he's thinking, this might be the only chance I get to play in a major tournament. I hope he's not thinking that way, but if you look at it longer term, hopefully it's not. Hopefully, when you look at the young talent coming through and, and David Turnbull, Nathan Patterson, Billy Gilmer, you know, they will be the backbone of the Scotland squad in years to come. The World Cup qualifying campaign is always a tough one. I think the European Championships is always a more realistic one because of the amount of teams that qualify. So uh, let's hope he gets another opportunity, not just in the future to play in the Euros, let's hope he gets another chance in this competition, Rob.
2: Well done on working out that you'd be 43. <laughs> by the way, at the Scotland's next major finals. Now we're going to be qualifying for everything. Now Qatar uh, at the World Cup will surely be uh, the next one. But uh, looking back on Wembley, and we we obviously look back on it through our through our blue Scotland eyes. But but what about England? It was a, it was a pretty poor result for them. They play the Czech Republic tomorrow night, while Scotland are, are playing Croatia. Um, Scotland haven't scored in two games England have only scored once uh, and yeah. it's been pretty underwhelming from them so far and I guess Gareth Southgate Davy is under
3: a bit of pressure I, I think he is and I think the English media are ready to go for him uh, I really do um, and his big problem is uh, similar to ours: can't, can't find a goal Harry Kane looks a shadow of, of his former self absolute shadow it surprised me that it took Gareth Southgate so long to get him off the pitch the other night because mm. he, he was never at it no. at all
2: and he's already said he's going to start uh, tomorrow night. He's a he's yeah. a stick on to play, which yeah. which seems a bit strange. I mean, I know he's the captain, but but you know he, it's just not happening for him.
3: Gareth Southgate has just got to hope that it turns for him quickly, and it can turn very quickly for strikers. Um, I mean, go to our own Shea Adams. I, I remember watching him for Southampton. Couldn't buy a goal. Big money signing from Birmingham. Couldn't buy a goal. Southampton fans laughing at him at one point, but one goal changed it. And you know that's 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 what happens to strikers. You know they can be so shorn of confidence, and a goal can change anything.
2: Frank de Boer's been talking about Memphis Depay and the fact that he's got his move to Barcelona sealed and settled, and and now he can settle down and and start playing for the Netherlands and concentrating only on that. And he, of course he scored tonight. They're two 0 up um, as we speak uh, in their game against North Macedonia. Um, but I wonder whether um, the the sort of transfer talk and pressure is weighing on Harry Kane at the moment as he weighs up where his club future is going to be he's been at Tottenham for so long we're hearing today rumours of a £100 million Mm -hmm. plus bid from Manchester City to try to get hold of him
4: I can't see why it wouldn't be when in his mind I know players will say no I'm focusing on what I'm doing and, and what's going on but he'll be aware of the speculation Spurs will be aware that he wants to go his agent will be aware of it and if there's any news to give to him he'll kind of find it hard not to pass the information over to him which is probably not what he needs at this moment in time because it means then he's got a, a lot of things to think about. And ultimately, as a, as a goal scorer, he just wants to think about scoring goals. Uh, Gareth Southgate, effectively Davy is putting his reputation on Harry Kane because he's named him oh. in the team. He said he's playing. He's done it in the past for him. But I just wonder, out with the UK and England, and, and probably because we hear all the speculation about England being favourites, I would imagine if you went to Spain and Belgium and Italy they probably don't see England as favourites. Yes, they think they're a good side, Mm. but over here, it seems to, you know, you almost seem to not believe it. Because it's said that often, you think, well, there must be favourites because they keep telling us they're favourites. Not the players, but the media and everything that goes around with it. So, um, having watched what I've watched so far with the teams that have done well, England are nowhere near favourites. I'd be surprised if England get to the last four based on current form. And unless Harry Kane starts to score goals, if he doesn't, then uh, Gareth Southgate is going to be under immense pressure.
2: Yeah, and this is a pressure game for them tomorrow night, isn't it? It's a game game they're expected to win. And and it's all been loaded in their favour as well, Davey, hasn't it? With all the number of games at Wembley.
3: It's got all the shades of the Wally with the Brawley night, hasn't it? (laughs) You know, where everyone expected them to beat Croatia that night. And and they lost the game 3-2. Huge amount of pressure on Southgate. And he knows what's coming his way if if England fail. Because the, the knives are being sharpened, make no doubt about that.
2: England nil, Scotland nil, it was on the Friday night Stuart Armstrong stepped off the bench he replaced uh, Billy Gilmore in the game
1: It was a very good result for us I think there was obviously a lot of expectation from them that they should win the game we didn't really listen to that before the game we knew our own qualities and how we wanted to play and of course improve on our own performance from the first game You know the boys defended well and superbly for the whole game it really stifled them, frustrated them and I think we, uh, we came out with a very well deserved point after the first game, obviously, there was a lot of disappointment surrounding the result. We knew we had to get something from the game, be that one point, three points. To come away with what we set out to to achieve um, was obviously massive for us, and it sets us up for the, the final game of the tournament, keeps us in it.
2: He's such a good player. He's such a good talker. As as well. I know, one, exactly. Yeah. I mean, those joined-up sentences are really confusing, <laughs> aren't they? From, from Stuart Armstrong. Um,
3: and it's it's amazing, isn't it, that he's not guaranteed a regular game for, for his country. He, he might be a victim of being able to play so many different positions Rob you know he's played right midfield for Southampton I, I still believe he could play right wing back for Scotland mm. you know if, if he had to um, he can play off the front play any of the, the mid, any of the three advanced midfield positions as well either side of the pitch and he may, may have become a victim of that that he's not nailed down one position and, and been able to make it his own and he could play, of course. Um, I think you're edging towards that, maybe, Stephen. Am, yeah. that, that, that he will start in in
2: place of Billy Gilmore tomorrow night. I just think because he started him in the first game, he then brought him on. And to be fair,
4: the substitution of bringing him on the other night was perfect because the game was so stretched. And I think when the game's compact and condensed, and there's not a lot of space in behind for Stuart Armstrong to work in, I wouldn't say he's not technically as good as, or he's not. I wouldn't say he's not technically good, but that's not his main strength. His main strength is a dribbler, or ball carrier or Timing into the box, so I think then when the England game became stretched, I'm thinking to myself, This now's the time to get Armstrong on because when you're sitting deep, you need someone to take you 30 40 yards up the pitch, you need someone to go and press and win the ball back and then can carry it on. So, um, I would age towards him, but then when I consider how Croatia are going to play, I think they will mm-hmm. play quite deep, it might not suit Stuart Armstrong, you know. So, you just wonder what's going through the mind of of uh, Steve Clark. I mean, I know we spoke to Davey earlier about um, John Fleck. But I just wonder, missing the two games that he missed at the end of the season against Luxembourg, against the Netherlands. Yes, he may be fit physically as in training-wise, but to go into a game, a must-win game, and you maybe haven't played a competitive game of football for six or seven weeks, that would be a big risk to put him in In that. David Turnbull mm. also played against the Netherlands, hadn't played prior to that. So you think Stuart Armstrong with the amount of games he's played and the minutes he's had, not just in the tournament, but the friendlies plus the end of the season. I think he might just edge towards him.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think for me, John I, I don't see John Fleck. I think he'd have to be um hurdling over a few other players in front of him yeah, in the that, queue, to be honest, to to, to yeah. get into that team I, I, tomorrow night. I, I
3: don't think he's a favourite of Steve Clark's. No. Um I, I think Steve Clark more or less had to pick him, given how well he was doing for Sheffield United in the, the Premier League in England. Um but I I I don't think he's I don't think Steve Clark sees him as one of his first choice choice picks or any, anywhere near it for that matter.
2: But I think Forrest and Fraser have got to be uh, names that are in the back of his head as, as he as he decides what to do yeah, tomorrow I mean, night
3: uh, again Perisic the, probably their biggest danger on the left side I think he'll want O'Donnell in against him mm-hmm. for his defensive yeah. capabilities yeah. Um, and I agree with, with Stephen I, I think Fraser or, or Forrest will be a go-to if, if Scotland are having to force it for if, if a goal down I think that's when you look to the pace and the width we dismiss Croatia, though, at our peril.
1: Yeah, I think we're quietly sticking to our game plan, building on our past two performances. We're, we're steadily getting better. It's a simple game on, on Tuesday. It's a must-win for both teams, so it should prove exciting, should be open at times, um, and it's all to play for.
2: Yeah, uh, forgetting about Croatia is dangerous. I mean, Davy mentioned there that um, a, lot of, a lot of these players are the guys that three years ago played in the, in the World Cup final.
4: Yeah, what we have to remember is is that Croatia have their own agenda. They don't care that Scotland went to Wembley and got a point. No. What they know is, if we can beat Scotland at Hampden Park, we will progress into the next round. That's their focus, and they will allow Scotland to build it up. And It is when you're the home side and the country's expecting it again. You know, the emotions of, of being a football fan over the past seven days, the lows of Czech Republic because the result didn't go well, the highs of Wembley. Now the challenge for the players is to keep that level, to keep that level of expectation and hype, keep it up there. And you do that by having a good performance. But you're not just going to turn up and and roll Croatia over. You know, they're not that poor side. They've definitely got players in the team who can hurt you. Modric at 35 is still going to be their playmaker. I think he's doing it from a little bit deeper nowadays. He's not as far up the pitch, Davey, is he? Which is good for Scotland because it means he's closer to his own goal. Which means you can really go on high pressure. You can lock on. You can try and nick the ball off him at that stage. But then you leave yourself exposed and you see the goal that Perisic scored. You know, he's got blistering pace. He's always been a a player I always felt that blows hot and cold. And he can do things out of the ordinary and in other times he looks a little bit disinterested but you'd imagine these players having played in the World Cup semi-finals or World Cup final they will know what's required to win a game like tomorrow night they will manage the game as best they can they don't have to go chasing they, Scotland has to do that they will just be patient keep their shape and then if they can get Perisic uh, to go and hurt and, and Kovacic from midfield then you know they will see it as a threat but they will see it as a winnable game as much as Scotland are thinking we can win this Croatia will be thinking we absolutely mm. can win it as well so that then poses another danger to Scotland
2: what Scotland do have in big amounts is leadership isn't it they've got great leadership off the pitch Stevie Clark is an inspiring figure Stephen Reid alongside him John Carver is there as well on the pitch Kieran Tierney Andy Robertson, the, the captain himself, of course. Grant Hanley, who's led Norwich yeah. back to the, the mm-hmm. English Premier League. Callum McGregor, who may well be the next captain of, yeah. of Celtic under Ange um management. So, so there, there's a lot of guys that are happy to take responsibility, right. Davey.
3: And, and that will certainly be required tomorrow night because tomorrow night is the big pressure game. You know, we're, It's all in the line tomorrow night. And that's when, that's when the, the, the players have to be able to accept the ball, go looking for the ball, even if it's not going your way. Um No, nah, it's, it's all on the line. It's going to be a fascinating game. Mm. The one thing I would say is that I don't think there's any reason to, to particularly fear Croatia. You know, they don't have a Davos Suker or a Mandzukic. Mm. They've gone,
8: yeah.
3: And I, I think they're really struggling for a, to have a striker mm-hmm. who can who can get them a goal. Um so, you know, I, I, I hope Steve Clark does what he did before the game at Wembley, let the boys off the leash and let them go and play. I think that when you talk about leadership,
4: I think a lot of those players, David, you're right. It's not vocal leadership, it's leadership by how they perform. Mm. You know, John McGinn's yeah. a leader because sometimes he ignites the team when things are flat. He goes and wins a tackle or crunches into the tackle, has a shot, and suddenly it inspires his teammates. Kieran Tierney overlaps Andy and puts a cross and suddenly it brings everyone to life. So a lot of them lead by how they play and their appetite for the game and their drive for the game. It's not vocally in the old-fashioned way of, you know, a big centre half mm. shouting at everybody and pushing everyone on, and driving them on from, from behind. They do it by how they play and the energy they bring to the team and the more players they can get playing at that kind of level again and the better chance Scotland have a winning
2: I think there'll be an eagerness as well Davey among the players to deliver at Hamden because I th- there will be a feeling that that uh, just under 10,000 crowd yeah. uh, against the Czech Republic were, were let down
3: yeah but there's certainly an element of that I think there's also an element of the players will be bright enough to know that they'll never have a better chance you know this is such a generous format think about it Scotland can go through on four points mm. You know, Scotland yeah. Scotland yeah. could go through with one goal in three games and four points. Yeah. And having had two games at Hampden they will never have a better yeah. chance.
2: It's I mean it's a bit like qualification for the finals itself, yeah. hasn't it? Over the years it's got easier and yes, easier it's almost, as it's been expanded and expanded yeah. both at the World Cup and European it's more Championships more to knocked out now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and Scotland having finally done it after after 23 years uh, it's so important uh, for everybody that uh, that Stevie Clark and his team deliver and they have the chance to do just that tomorrow night at Hamden.
0: The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.
2: Yeah, let's hope so. Tomorrow night against Croatia. At Hamden, uh, we've been looking, of course, at all the sorts of uh, implications of results in other groups. Uh, we're in the studio with uh, Ukraine against Austria on at the moment, and this is a match that uh, kind of a very direct bearing on uh, what happens for Scotland and, and how things can become well, a little bit more straightforward for Scotland, and I think that's what we would want tomorrow night, is just just the thought that let's win, let's win the game, 1-0, that'll do nicely yeah, Davey, yeah. and not have to be thinking, where. Actually, we probably need two goals. Yeah, that
3: would be a horrible situation to be in. Ideally, it's cleared up for us before the boys go on the to pitch tomorrow night, and and they know that win gets us through.
2: This could help certainly. It's uh, it's about three minutes to go. Uh, Ukraine on the attack. <laughs> just as I was saying that, of course, there's a shot flashed across goal from the from the Ukrainians, and it's gone wide of target. But if Austria win here in this game, and there are just a few minutes left, Craigs, and Belgium beat Finland at later on tonight then I think that does clear yep. it doesn't it and that will mean that Scotland just need to win yeah, tomorrow yes, night. this is the worry game here but I've been watching it as the
4: show's been going on Ukraine have been okay but they've not really carried enough of a threat um, you're what two and a half minutes plus injury time left I think this game's done I think Austria will, will win by a single goal at worst uh, and I've no doubt Belgium irrespective of whether they make changes or not uh, Kevin De Bruyne has played only what 45 minutes in the tournament uh, Aaron Hazard has only played I think 60 minutes over two games so I'd imagine those two guys will want to play tonight and get minutes in their legs so Belgium will beat Finland tonight and then it all all boils down to Scotland and I think before the tournament if you'd said if you win your third game you qualify that would have been the aim be alive in the third game win it it's in your hands and you qualify and then it's over to Scotland to go and do their stuff
2: Here's Stuart Armstrong talking about the prospect of qualification.
4: Yeah, we try not to get
1: carried away. I mean, there's a lot of media attention on on the history and, and everything that goes along with that. As players, we need to focus on the day-to-day and, and how to achieve that rather than what it would mean if we did.
2: Yeah, it'd be crazy, wouldn't it? It would just it would just up the ante considerably if you thought about what this all could potentially mean. And, and you are talking about becoming legends, these these players, if they if they get through the group stages of a major finals Davey, it, for the first time it's ever. It's
3: easy to forget at my age, Rob, that there is a generation, you know, who have been waiting on this. Mm. You know, we're fortunate enough we've been to World Cups. I know yep. it's a long time ago, but we've we've seen Scotland in several World Cup finals, and. Uh, there's a generation who just so aspire to, and hopefully this COVID thing will be over, and you know Scotland will get to two or three finals in a mm. row as they did in my time, yeah. And allow the Tartan Army to to go and parade themselves on the you know the, the big stages.
2: Do you use that or do you not in the in the in the pre-match talk and the in the dressing the build-up? What this can mean, what you could become. You can become yeah. heroes. You can become legends. Do do you, do you use that as as an inspiration, Craig?s Or is it just too scary. I would think it's probably being used already. I would
4: imagine at the start of the tournament, you know, Steve Clark looks to me would be the type, get it all out, put it on the table, let the players know. You don't need to keep reminding them every day or every every game, because it just adds a little bit more. Not fear, but sometimes players can say, Well, that's fine, I can deal with that, but not everybody can. So I think, you know, he'd said ahead of Serbia that they can go there and make history and get to the get to the Euros first time in 23 years. I'd imagine him some sort of team meeting before this tournament started. He'll have laid everything down, he'll have set out their plan, what their aim is, where they're expecting to get to, what he expects from the players. But I think now he probably won't have to set because the players will know, particularly if this game finishes as we hope it will do, a 1-0 win to Austria and Belgium will tonight. The players then will know what they need to do, Rob. They'll know how they need to perform and he doesn't need to add any more pressure onto them by reiterating that time and time again. You want to just let the players free Davey said, let them off the leash, just let them go and play, go and be energetic, go and replicate what you did against England, which is easy to say, but the players then have to go and do it. You know, you don't beat um, Croatia because you played well against England, you beat Croatia because you have to play well against Croatia, and that's a big challenge for the players.
2: Yeah, you have to produce that level of performance all over again, don't you? Uh, the The game we're concerned about later on, from our point of view, from our very Scottish parochial point of view, is ben, we want Belgium to beat Finland we want Belgium to make it 9 points out of 9 in Group B that matches in St Petersburg against Finland in the other game it's Russia against Denmark Davy and wouldn't there be something really nice about Denmark getting a win and potentially yeah. getting through as well they're playing in Copenhagen um, and the, the the first game of course was the Christian Eriksen game uh, the second game they were ahead before they were de Bruyne'd by yeah. by Belgium um, it would be nice wouldn't it if they could beat Russia tonight
3: a great story yeah absolutely and I'm, I'm sure um, Christian Eriksen is in constant touch with his teammates through Zoom and you know I, I think part of his recovery would have been kicked off by the amount of good wishes you know best wishes that have been sent from all over the world Um it's a moment, I guess, that no matter how lucky you are to be a footballer or how much money you've got, it's uh, an awakening moment, isn't it? And it was a great line when the, the doctor said, Are you back with us? And Ericsson said, Hell yeah, I'm, I'm only 29. I'm not, <laughs> I've got nowhere, sort of thing. Ah, exactly. and, uh, it, it would be some story if Denmark were to have a good one in the, the tournament.
2: Yeah, and he's been fitted with a with a heart starter now, uh, very quickly out of hospital as well. And uh, and Daley Blind of, of Netherlands is is an example of somebody who's still playing international football, having had that same surgery.
4: And you can imagine after you know the the, the emotional roller coaster he's been on, I would imagine in the back of his mind he's thinking, "Can I play again?" You know, once you get a few days over it, and and you realise how lucky you are, mm. you know, when you have that instinct as a footballer and and you're doing something you love you're good at it hell of a good at it he mm. is he'll be thinking maybe not saying out loud to the wife and the family round about trying to keep them but he'll be thinking in the back of his mind I wonder can I play again and I know Dilly Blind he was quite emotional in the first Dutch game wasn't he against yeah. uh, who did they play in the first game North Macedonia
2: did they play? no they're playing them tonight uh, they must have uh,
4: I've, I've watched that much football I, Ukraine I, I was it Ukraine? Ukraine I've watched that much football I can't think who played who <laughs> but he came off with about 20 minutes to go and he was actually he had tears in his eyes because he was thinking of the fact that he's playing football, he's still allowed to play. After what he's been through and Christian Eriksen, I think the day before, had been through, uh, you know, the the whole kind of thing on the pitch. So he was just emotional about that. So I I think he said they're good mates as well. So you'd imagine any advice he will need, he he will follow through him. But first and foremost, he's still with us. Uh, And if he gets the chance to get back on the pitch, it would be an absolute dream for everybody.
2: Right, we've added uh, three minutes uh, Ukraine-Austria game um, and Austria are on the attack. Might even score a second goal here, but they don't really need to. They don't really want to. I think the ball probably should have been hitting for the corner flag, but the game still goes on. But I think that is the final whistle. Austria have uh, beaten Ukraine. The game in Bucharest, big celebrations from the Austrians um, and... Minor celebrations from us because that is one of the pieces in place that that we want to be in place. We want Belgium to beat Finland uh, later on tonight and then it's just purely about Scotland beating Croatia. That's going to be difficult enough but to any win... Uh, at that point, I would see Scotland into the last 16. In the last few minutes of the show, let's map out Davy, the the Scotland team um, that we think is going to be lining up tomorrow night, uh, and your explanations about, about why. What what would you? One change from Wembley has to be made because of Billy Gilmore's yeah. absence. Uh, is that it? Is it just about sorting that change, or is there something else you would do?
3: No, I, I don't think there is anything else I would do. I would go with the same team where Billy Gilmore available. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's not. I would put Scott McTominay into central midfield beside Callum McGregor. And if it was up to me, I would bring Declan Gallagher in it in the central area of the three centre-backs and move Grant Hanley to the right. Craigs? Uh It's mostly, you know, the only flip side of that is you're making
4: two changes within the team. You know, you're moving two people out of position. I would just go straight... Like and the reason I say is because I think that's what Steve Clark will do. I think he will go with Stuart Armstrong the direct replacement. The only other one I've been swithering with is the James Forrest one on the right hand side. Uh, naturally, you look at the. You the, would take out Stephen O'Donnell Well, just. I wouldn't say take him out, but that's something that may play in Steve Clark's mind, thinking we need goals. Or we he need might, he might take you out when he comes yeah. back up. <laughs> no, well, that's that's, the, that's your job as a yeah. pundit, is to try and yeah. pick something round about. So, um, and it's not because I'm writing Stephen off, I just think James Forrest gives more than an attacking sense. However, if Belgium win tonight, then that just means that Steve Clark will be quite happy to go with his back five as it is you know, the other night. I didn't think there was any issues there. He can keep Stephen O'Donnell in, be more defensive-minded, You just have to win the game. Win it by a single goal. You know you don't have to win it in the first minute. They can go right to the 90th if they need to. Um, So not to complicate things, as Steve Clark, I think, will do. It will be Stuart Armstrong straight in for Billy Gilmer.
2: That would be, Davey, if, if what you're saying happens, that, that would be pretty dramatic for, for Declan Gallagher, wouldn't it? I know he's been a mainstay. He's, he's been fantastic yeah, sub, for Stevie Clark's team, yeah. but I don't think he's even been on the bench. I don't yeah. think he's been no, among that, the subs yeah, for well, either of the games so far.
3: He's been fabulous for yeah. Scotland. Uh, yeah. he, he finds something in a Scotland shot. And by the way, I've no problem uh, putting Jack Henry in either. No. In, in which would allow Grant Hanley to stay in the central area. So, uh, again, it's but a I position. like him there, Dave. I, think he's, I, I just think he gives that little bit of security. He's got a wee bit of pace.
4: In case one of the outside centre halves get dragged out, Hanley's got that pace to cover the ground. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why, you know, he would like to keep him as the middle one. So Jack Henry could be the other option.
2: He has grabbed the imagination, hasn't he, in this tournament? And I never, I never thought I'd use that phrase Grant in Hanley. connection with Grant Hanley yeah. um, because I, I thought it was finished years ago, Rob. Yeah, um, um, and he's he's, he's 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 well he's into the mid thirties, I think, in caps yeah. now, yeah. W- which is incredible when when you look at that. I've never really fancied him a great deal as a Scotland player, but I have to admit that that recently he's been immense, well,
3: particularly at Wembley. Um, just absolutely outstanding. Um, he's probably still getting Harry Kane out of his it, back pocket. It, it's, it reminds me of the the Graham Soonis one. You know, he's a better player than I thought. <laughs> <stuff. laughs> yeah. And that's what I've been thinking watching him in the last few games. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't a big fan of Grant Hanley, but I'll tell you what, you can't argue with the way he's playing at the moment for Scotland. But well, I think a lot what of other impressions. do you yeah. Do you did you
2: Michael Kane or? <laughs> <laughs> that was a,
3: yeah, you can uh, book David any time, just come yeah, through, Robbie. Is there an impression of a mad person tomorrow night? <laughs> the <goal> <laughs> You're
2: here all week. <laughs> and uh well let's hope that Scotland can find the back of the net for the first time in the in the tournament as well. Goals have been hard to come by, but I think Scotland were unlucky against Czech Republic. I thought what one of those deflections might could have mm. taken the ball in at one point. Uh Stephen O'Donnell could have scored the other night, Lyndon Dykes had won headed off the line. Adams as we well. won
4: first half, he'd just yeah, half he did. volley second half. Yeah. Also, didn't he? You know, two chances where you think the first one, if he lifts it, it probably goes that John Stones was down low. If he lifts it over his right shoulder because Pickford had gambled, the second one, maybe spent too long in the air and he, you know, he caught it on the way up instead of the as soon as it hit the ground. So, I think there's a goal there for Shire Adams tomorrow night. I really do. I just think the way he sniffs things out that uh, if Lyndon Dykes can put something on the plate for him, I think tomorrow night he'll deliver one nil Scotland.
2: I think he also just has the has the air of a guy who's never going to go too many games without scoring, Jay Adams. He's got a couple already for Scotland.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I go back to the, the problem we had at Southampton initially, but once the dam burst, you know, and he got his confidence, and I think he's full of confidence at the moment. He's made such a, a huge impact. And there must have been an element of um, trepidation when he finally decided, having played for England under-21s, that he wanted to play for Scotland. He, he must have thought to himself... If I go up there, I'm going to have to hit the ground running. Yeah. They're going to give me some stick because the know Scotland wasn't my first choice. Yeah, but he came up, he got his goal early. He, he's a real favorite with the, the, the Scotland support, and he's he's in terrific nick going into this game tomorrow.
2: So, one nil, Che Adams, that'll do you tomorrow night. Yeah,
3: but do me fine. Yeah, any anyone at all, anything. Craig's one nil, did you say? Yeah, it did. And it's funny, just touching, I know briefly we have to go, but the Shea
4: Adams one. See, if you come up to Scotland, and it's even Northern Ireland, if you're not born or it's through a bloodline so you come up and work hard and show the effort and show the fight and the desire to really go and try and improve the team the fans buy into it and now the enhancer's reputation get that winning goal create history
2: we will love him even more if he gets the winning goal (laughs) tomorrow let's hope so for Scotland we're back uh, tomorrow at the Radisson Red of course still places available if you want to join us to watch the match Uh, Paul Cooney Mark Guidi, and former Scotland winger Chris Burke are with us hopefully
0: ahead of a Scotland win I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. We saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.